What? Drew Code is live? What? Yes, you are seeing this correctly. Uh, all zero of you. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, welcome to Drew Code Sports Talk. I am your host, Andrew Wright. And over in his living room, who just got back from doing an errand, it's my co-host, Cody Johnson. Cody. What's going on, man? Welcome back. Uh, welcome, everybody, whoever is watching us on the live stream, which is currently nobody, but hopefully you guys will join in. But we'll definitely be, uh, hopefully you guys are hearing us on the podcast as well. So welcome. Uh, we got a really fun show for you guys today. We we're talking about, obviously, the Raiders. Who knew? Uh, also, we're <laughs> yeah. going to be talking about some uh, NFL head coaches on the hot seat, which is going to be very interesting. And, of yeah. course, Drew's favorite. We're looking ahead at the postseason of Major League. We are here, and I know he's ready to get started. So I'm going to hit this intro, and then we're going to come right back. So let's get started. All right. Yes, we are uh, back for another week, Cody. uh, First of all, I appreciate you holding down the fort last week. Um, you know, uh, two weeks ago we ended up having to cancel. We were actually going to do it on the golf course. Yeah. Uh, and it ended up kind of following through and which was a good thing cause we would have been pretty ticked, um, <laughs> doing it out there. Um, but, um, then, uh, unfortunately I had a wedding that I was involved in. So uh-huh. I had to do a lot of stuff or like, you know, for the kids and for myself and for my wife and for the actual wedding party and all that. So there was a lot going on and intertwined. I actually had to do uh, uh, some work in between all of that. So (laughs) it was just a big, uh, big, I guess, present full of wedding plans and, and trying to, you know, be, certain places on time and all that. So it was just crazy for me. Um, you as well, because you, we had this golf event, then you had to go to, uh, Arizona. So we just had a ton of stuff that was going on. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, luckily you were able to record while you were in your hotel room and towards the end, I don't mean to point it out to everyone, but you were like, (laughs) and, uh, you know, we're gonna, and I thought you were falling asleep. I felt like it, man. It was it was a long day. Well, so yeah. first off, and I want to ask you too. Um, I know that you're going to ask me, but I want to know because I did mention it on the last week's show. Is you know we had the golf event. It was hot as heck, and yeah. you know it was fun. I, to me, it was fun. I had a great time. Yes. Luckily, we had a great group of, of other uh, teammates with us. Uh, my colleague and her husband. So I wanted to know from you though, what in your perspective, how was the event for you? And, uh, you know, how do you feel like you played that day? Because I know that uh, we were really rough on ourselves that day when we were golfing. <laughs> well, my driving was terrible. My, uh, I don't know. The first hole, my drive was perfect because <laughs> it was going with my right slice that I was hitting it. Um, so it was all good. No issues. Um, but uh, and then after that, it was like pretty much straight fairways, and I had to kind of maneuver myself. And you know, I ended up in the rough a lot. Yeah. Um, but I felt like my chipping actually was pretty good. 
Yeah. Um, and I felt like I had some really good putts too, which I was did. actually, yeah. I was actually really that. I think that's why I felt really good about it. Cause I was like, okay, at least I was finishing the holes, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that was, uh, I thought it was, I honestly, it was fun and it helps that, you know, they had a lot of alcohol there. So, yeah. you know, I had <laughs> three or four beers there and I had, um, a shot <laughs> one of the holes. <laughs> and then after, after it, I was so tired. I yeah. needed something to kind of like pick me up. And so I went to the bar that they had there and I got a drink from there. So, uh, you know, that was, it was fun. Honestly, I had, I honestly have never gone golfing where I drank that much and I still <laughs> didn't feel like I was going to yak it. Like, you know how you yeah. get, like when you, if, if someone like plays softball and they're drinking beer, you're like, how in the heck are they doing that? That's how I kind of felt at the golf <laughs> tournament or at the golf event. But after yeah. a while, it was kind of like we hadn't eaten all day. Yeah. And so the alcohol was honestly the only kind of thing that was kind of helping my body maintain what is going on. Yeah. So it was it was a good time, though. I, I really enjoyed it. Yes, it was hot. Yes. Um, you know, did I play great now? But um, yeah. It was fun, and I had a really good time, and it was nice hanging out with you and and getting to know your uh, your coworker and and her husband, which was uh, was fun. Yeah, I was saying that last week. If it wasn't for him, we'd still be out there. There's just no way we would have finished <laughs> yeah. a decent hour. But you know, fortunately, somebody was good on the on the day. And, well, uh, <clears throat> you know, I I actually uh, was talking to oh God. I don't remember who I was talking to. I think I was talking to Neo. Uh, uh-huh. who is officially oh, my brother-in-law yeah. now. Shout out to Neo and Maya yes. for getting married on uh, Saturday. Shout yes, out. Neo and Maya. Congratulations, guys. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll do a little congratulations in a second, but it was, <clears throat> I think we were talking, I think I was talking to Neo and I was like, I was like, yeah, man, like the winner got like 19 under and they're like, do you think they really got 1900? Do you think they put that? <laughs> and I was like, you know what? They really didn't have people watching. <laughs> No. And I was like, why did we, why were we honest about it? We should have just been like, we're just absolutely stroking here. (laughs) (laughs) We should have just done that. Dang it. They would have looked at us and been like, no, you didn't. (laughs) They're like, let me see you hit the the ball off the tee. Go ahead. I would, would, but I'm pretty (laughs) sure my shoulder just got separated, dislocated. So, you know, we're, I'm going to have to go to the hospital. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, as I mentioned, I went to the I went to a wedding. Uh, my sister in law Maya and uh, my now uh, brother in law Neo, which I can actually say it now and it actually uh, it actually be true because every time I'm always like, oh, this is my brother in law Neo, and he's like, oh, why did you tell him that? I'm like, I it's just easier. It's easier <laughs> it's than saying easier. my sister in law's boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's true. Now it's true. Yeah. Um. And uh. But I just wanted to say shout out to them. I had the honor and the privilege to be the best man uh, for Neo, which was honestly, it was a huge honor. I really did not expect it. Um, I thought that was really cool. I wrote a speech and I did the speech at the wedding and I felt okay about it, but I was like so nervous going up there, but everyone said that I did it, uh, did it pretty good. So I, I, I appreciate everyone who took the time and was like, Hey, good job. You know? And I, I appreciated that. Cause I was like, I don't think anyone liked it. <laughs> no, I, but, so um, I was telling you this when I saw you that it was, a, it was a really good speech and, uh, you did, you did really, really well. Everyone loved it. And, uh, I, 
I don't know if you could have done any better, to be honest. So, well, that makes me sad because I think I could have. <laughs> just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. No, I appreciate it. Uh, but honestly, I just want to say, um, you know, big congratulations to Maya, who, um, you know, I've known her for God for years now, um, ten years at least, and um, I. I just honestly, I don't know what it is. I just, you know, I always viewed her as my little sister and I didn't think that, you know, you just never think that your uh, siblings are ever going to get married. And then when they do, you're like, Oh, this is kind of, this is weird, but I love Neo to death. I love Maya to death. So I'm so glad I got to, uh, I got to be in that. And um, I appreciate them for letting me even be in the wedding. So, Um, and trust me after my kids left the wedding, uh, me and my wife, we had a fantastic time. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, my wife and I had a split early. We were actually really humbled that Nia and Maya invited us. It was an honor. I know that as long as you know, you and I have been hanging out, I, we've known Neo and Maya, and we've we've been fortunate enough to call them friends as well, and in a roundabout way, seeing them grow up as well. Um, and so it was really cool. It was an, it was great to see that they had a magical moment. Um, you know, I work in a certain industry where I can be judgmental at certain places and I felt really defensive for Maya because there's just some things going on in the background that I would have not let happen if it was my responsibility. But can I tell you one thing? Uh-huh. Maya and Neo did say they really appreciated that because at first Maya was like, maybe I'm just overreacting. Maybe I'm like on too much of an edge and then uh-huh. you guys were telling her everything they're like you guys were like mm, i wouldn't have done that or that wouldn't have fly she yeah. was like i felt so validated and she was <laughs> like i even felt even more angry and I yeah was like well good so i well i had to let you know that yeah because again you know my wife and i were in the same industry and it just so happens to take care of people and we just wouldn't if it's someone's magical day the last thing we want them to remember is the stuff going on in the background we want them to remember the moment and you know it was a beautiful moment to begin with i mean thankfully there wasn't too many distractions that really took away from it but still though my again i'm being defensive of her because i know her and neo and so i would have just not have let that happen if it was my responsibility but it still went off without a hitch. I don't want to make it sound like someone fell through the rafters yeah. or anything. I mean, it all went great. Someone it spilled was just, wine on the yeah. on the on the bride, yeah. so. <laughs> so I just wanted, you know, there's been certain ticky tack things I probably would have done to secure her to make sure that she knew that it was all good. Yeah. But you know, it was still beautiful. And again, yeah. it was it, it was, was great. And kudos to you, best man. You did a great job. So you know, I think you should take a bow and give yourself some grace. You did really well. I won't because uh, I I wish I wish I were the groom in that because I was asking Neo I was like did you ever pay for a drink he was like nope I was like man I paid for a lot of drinks yeah (laughs) all right enough wedding talk enough of all that Um, Cody let's get into sports and let's start with something that you you know we had to start with yeah the Raiders and the Broncos and the Raiders come out victorious finally breaking the the losing streak and uh josh mcdaniels gets his first win as the raiders head coach so uh, congratulations to him a lot of good things that happened for the raiders there were some negatives still obviously with the broncos there were some positives but also negatives as well and we'll we'll get into the broncos let's talk about the raiders first Mm -hmm. i kind of came away from this game kind of thinking okay that was a good win no matter what in my opinion, beating a rival 
division team in in this type of environment. Yes, it was in uh, Las Vegas, but still came out on top. Of course, right. that was a big win, and and <clears throat> a lot of people, a lot of teams will always tell you the first win is always the hardest. Some teams they start one and zero, and that's that's great. Some teams don't. Obviously, the Raiders were one of those teams that were not starting one and zero. They started zero and three. Um, so you're getting more and more pressure each week to, okay, you got to win. You got to win. You got to win. They finally won. Regardless of what happened with the Broncos and kind of like what's going on with them recently, I was kind of, I thought this was a great win, but I also did think, you know, Cody, and I'm going to, I'm going to present this question to you. Was this a better win for the Raiders or do you think this was a worse loss for the Broncos? So I think I think I'll put this in the Raiders. Uh, it's a good win for them, and the reason why is because the Broncos actually were tied for the division lead going into this week with um, the Chiefs, and I believe they have statistically a. Well, I don't know about it now, but I think statistically they had a top five defense coming into it, and their yeah. pass rush defense is legit. I will say, in the couple of games that we've seen them, they're definitely a force to be reckoned with. Um, and I think their offense, for some reason, it wasn't clicking. Maybe that's because Wilson didn't play hardly any preseasons. Again, it's a brand new system, a lot of young players, a lot of new pieces. Uh, so, but for some reason, and again, I think because the Raiders' defense is still trying to figure out how to play defense, if that makes any sense, they were still. Um, the Broncos referring to, they were actually able to move the ball. It seemed like they were able to get into sync. They were running really well. Um, our defense, you know, came through when it needed to. But I will say that this is a really good win for the Raiders because, again, it's a tough defense they played against. They went against a top five pass rush, and they did really well. Uh, Devontae Adams went against arguably one of the young up-and-coming cornerbacks in the league yeah. right now that's been known to shut down. He had a really good game. Derek Carr found uh, Adams throughout the game, which is what we've been hoping for. And Josh Jacobs ran the ball really well against a really stout Broncos defense. Um, there's some things that I would, I would have uh, liked to see a little bit differently in terms of like the Raiders offense, but for the most part, it's exactly what it needed to be. It needed to be a run centric offense and then let the pass plays develop as they needed. Don't really force the ball. And that's pretty much how it went through. I really feel like that we, it's a great win to get our confidence up do we have a lot to work on? A hundred percent. But I think this is more or less, this is a good win for the Raiders because, you know, they didn't let a lead slip from them. They had to come back. There were times where their offense just didn't seem to move the ball. And when they made the adjustments, they stuck to those adjustments and they were able to um, find ways to score. Majority of the game was all field goals. We even had a, a fumble return for a touchdown, which really turned around, uh, turned the momentum around for us for a little bit. Um, and in the fourth quarter, we didn't we didn't uh, let up and we didn't let a lead escape. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Broncos were, um, you know, they were heading down the field. And, and, you know, if it wasn't for a couple of good plays from the defense, probably would have scored ultimately. But, you know, it was uh, it was a it was a great team victory. And it's a good uh, confidence booster, in my opinion, for the Raiders. Um, I agree. Um, listen, you kind of were bringing up like, you know, the Broncos kind of struggled uh, a lot. Um, at certain points and I actually came away with saying and I'm in agreement with you I think this was a better win for the Raiders than it, than it was a 
bad loss for the Broncos. Is it a bad loss for the Broncos? Yes, because it's a divisional game and it's a rivalry. Of course, that's always a bad loss. But I didn't go away from the Broncos thinking, okay, this is this is a messed up team. I actually thought the Broncos played better. Um, mm-hmm. Could that have been the product of the Raiders' defense? There is that possibility because literally right now it seems like Max Crosby is the only one who is getting pressure on any kind of quarterback. Yeah, like Chandler Jones has kind of been, and, and I I do understand there are times where Chandler Jones is not supposed to be actually rushing the passer. He's kind of like supposed to be containing. So I understand all that. <clears throat> But the thing is, we're not paying this guy a ton of money, and we mm-hmm. let go of like a Carl Nassib, who I saw on Sunday Night Football got a sack on Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, we let go of um, Yannick Ngakwe from who's now on the Colts, who at least pressures the quarterback. So um, <clears throat> for me, Chandler Jones still having those struggles. That could be a big product of why the Broncos looked better. But overall, I thought the Broncos looked better. I thought the Broncos, I mean, Russell Wilson, honestly, I felt like he had a better deep ball in this game. He decided that he was going to run a little bit more. Javante Williams was almost, was basically a no factor, and then he got hurt. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've been a proponent from day one that I didn't see what everyone else was saying about Javante Williams. I never saw what they thought. And I thought the Raiders did a great job against him. Obviously, yes, he did get hurt, but I'm talking about before mm-hmm. he had, he didn't look great. I honestly, Melvin Gordon, even though, yeah, he has a problem with fumbling, especially recently. Um, <clears throat> I thought he was the best running back for the Broncos. So um, for me, I, I thought the Broncos did play a lot, uh, play really well. But what I think the Broncos ran into was the Raiders said, okay. And I texted, I texted you this um, during the game. I said, isn't it amazing that when you throw to Devontae Adams in the fourth quarter, good things mm-hmm. happen? Yeah. I mean, who would have thought that you throw it to the best receiver in the NFL and he can make some really good plays? It's kind of like that's why you traded for him, right? Yeah, so, 100%. So for me, it was just insane that week two, week three, we forgot about Devontae Adams. Week one, we kept going to him. Yes, we ended up losing, but at least we were throwing it to him, giving him a chance. And that's kind of what my issue was going into uh, this game was like, why are we not throwing, why are we not making it a priority for? Um, Devontae Adams to to catch the football. I mean, <clears throat> the first game, let's see, the first game he had, like, what, 19 targets, which, or I think, I think it was 17 targets, excuse mm-hmm. me. Insane number. But listen, yeah. they were really trying to show, hey, Devontae Adams fits in the in, on the team. They lost to a good Chargers team, in my opinion. No issue on that loss. My issue with the other weeks was Devontae Adams, we'd throw him a touchdown, and we're like, okay, we're good. We finished what we needed to do with Devontae Adams. Now we're going to run mm-hmm. an offense. And it was like, oh, oh, I forgot we had the best receiver in the game. Oh, shoot. We lost. <laughs> <clears throat> so for me, targets and, and catches were a necessity. You need to get Devontae Adams going. And that's what they did. 13 targets, 9 catches, 101 yards. Did he have a touchdown? No. 
But was he effective in the game? He absolutely mm-hmm. was. Yes, a touchdown does help. But later in the game, when you need a first down, when you need <clears throat> make a shorter third down, maybe maybe convert a fourth down conversion, Devontae Adams needs to be a go-to guy. And it finally seemed like they were like, okay, he needs to be a go-to guy. I don't know why these NFL teams, and it took them four freaking weeks to decide, oh, Maybe we should throw the ball to Adams, but they Mm -hmm. ended up doing it, and look, it worked out. And, two, you can make the argument Josh Jacobs had a phenomenal game. But the thing I noticed, too, was they didn't go away from the run game. The other two games as well, they went away from the run game, but they also went away from Devontae Adams. And Mm -hmm. it's a recipe for a disaster, which it ended up being on both of those games. So you you give 28 carries to Josh Jacobs, a couple of carries to Zamir White, and then Devontae Adams had one rush for four yards. Not great, but was targeted a lot and was a go-to guy. There was a one play, a crosser, where Devontae Adams was running. It was like a six-yard pass. There was nothing. Devontae Adams catches the ball, breaks the initial tackle, gets a first down, and I'm pretty sure that was like a second and like 13 or something mm-hmm. like that, got a first down on it. And it was yep. like a simple play but you see the impact that he has. He's not a, the best receiver just because he's got great hands. He's not the best receiver in the game because he can run these good routes. He's the best receiver because he can do both, and he can also make big plays when he needs to. There's uh, There was another pass where he just threw a back shoulder pass to Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. and it was Adams was like, yeah, I'll grab it. And he snagged it. And it was on Patrick Sertan. And I was like, that's what everyone gets for... Well, I'm not going to go graphic here. But that's what everyone gets for talking up Patrick Sertan all the time. Which I think he's a great corner. No no question about it. But you forget how good Devontae Adams is. And I think it really showed how good he was in that game. So I'm sorry I was a little long-winded on that. But I was really excited that it kind of felt like the offense was starting to get in their groove. Yeah. And one of the things, too, just to bring up real quick, you mentioned about the rushing. They didn't go away from it, which I agree. And it was a recipe for a majority of the success. I think another pivotal thing, too, was that Derek Carr, rather than forcing the issue, when he had the opportunity, he would take off and run and, and you know, he would run for maybe 10, 12, 15 yards. And, and in some instances would pick up the first down a couple of times rather than, you know, he would try to find a receiver, even though he's got maybe an open open lane to run for a couple yards, get down and then shorten the distance to the first down or whatever the marker is. And I really thought that that was really good of Derek Carr to be kind of there because I think a lot of the questions have been Carr's decision-making and yes, it's a new offense, new system. He's getting a feel for it, you know, where he needs to maybe throw the ball and, you know, this, that, and the other. But I really think that in this game and against the Broncos too, which I think is pivotal being a divisional opponent, really gives that confidence of, okay, he's understanding the offense. The offense is kind of on the same level respectively. And, you know, they had, they had this formula, they followed the formula and it, and it led to a victory. So, you know, I know that we're going to, we're foreshadowing right now and we're going to talk about (laughs) the next game shortly, but I really like how this put us in the right step forward. And I'm hoping that it it continues to catapult the momentum for us for uh, future games coming up. I did want to say one thing before we go into uh, the next question um, where I wanted to say this because a lot of people were calling for Josh McDaniels um, head, which 
I understand. Listen, I, I, I get it. It looked bad. Okay. I'm not like one of these guys who was looking at it and going, well, this doesn't make sense. Like, but to me, I'm, I'm more of a patient person when it comes to, um, football and fantasy and baseball and fantasy baseball, even, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm very patient when it comes to that stuff because I do, I don't know coaching all that well, but I at least understand. And I've watched football long enough to understand that sometimes the coach, it takes a few weeks to actually get it going. Like we're kind of seeing that with Fresno state. Mm -hmm. Jeff Tedford is a guy who has, um, who has coached many years before, but he took a year, two years off. He came back and obviously he lost his, his top quarterback. So that hasn't helped, but, um, He's, he's kind of, you're kind of starting to see like, okay, it's taking him a little bit to kind of get rolling and really get this offense and get a, get a hand on, on what he wants the offense to do. And the same token is the same way in the NFL. Sometimes you get head coaches who work just like that. There's no problem. It's just, let's go to work. Sometimes you get coaches and sometimes these are the best coaches where it takes a while uh, AKA Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll was almost going to be fired in Seattle. Russell mm-hmm. Wilson came and he's been the coach ever since Bill Belichick the same way. It was looking like if they couldn't get it done with Drew Bledsoe, he was going to be done. And all yeah. of a sudden Drew Bledsoe goes, gets hurt. And they were like, he's done. Like Belichick is going to be fired after this. And Tom Brady came in and decided to be the greatest quarterback of all time. And no one saw that coming. And so it, sometimes it's a player, yes, but also sometimes it's just you need to get a groove. You need to have that consistency. Tom Brady was a consistency. Russell Wilson was a consistency. And I think Josh McDaniels is the same way. And I also do feel like you look at Bill Belichick over the years with the Patriots. What was the worst month for the Patriots in their whole 20-year dynasty? What was the worst month? Do you know? Probably their opening month, if I'm not mistaken. September was always the month where they lost these weird, they would lose to the Dolphins who were like the worst team in the league at some points. They would lose to the Dolphins. They would lose to the Bills who were really bad at the time. They lost these weird games. They would lose to like the Texans and you're like, why are they losing? They're so much better. It was for some reason, Belichick always did his experimenting in September, always tried to keep a game plan going and see how it would work on certain teams. What if, hear me out, what if Josh McDaniels took that idea and took it to Las Vegas and was like, okay, let's see what we can do here. And he goes, bear with me, guys. Let's just see what happens. Did they start 0-3? Yes. But then all of a sudden we get in October and we get a win against a Broncos team where everyone was betting the Broncos, to be honest. Yeah. And everyone should have. The Broncos were a better-looking team. So, to me, I feel like Josh McDaniels kind of took what Bill Belichick does. September is the worst month. They were just trying to see what was going to work. Hey, what can we do with when we see a defense like this? Let's try a pass. Then let's try a run the next time. Let's see what happens if we run it up the middle. What happens if we run on the outside? What happens if we run a curl route? What happens if we run a streak? You know, and so on and so forth. So, that's what I think was really going on. 
Um, do I have film to prove it? No, I'm not. I'm not going to be that guy who's going to record the games, rewatch it, and then try and pick every little thing that I think is going to be good because um, I don't have that time. I got kids. But anyway. <laughs> And I'm not getting paid for this, so <laughs> that's another thing. Uh, but I just feel like, I, I really do feel like Josh McDaniels took that and ran with it here in Las Vegas. And yes, is it frustrating as a Raider fan? Yes. But as a, an admirer of players and coaches, um, it, this could still work. I'm actually not as panicked as I thought I would, because we're going to have a question come up later. I don't think there's that there's a great team in the NFL right now. I really don't. And we'll get into that later because that's one of our questions. But I really don't feel like there's a great NFL team, which means the Raiders, whether it doesn't matter what the record is, as long as they still play well, they could still have a potential spot in the playoffs. And I don't think I'm going to rule that out yet. Yeah. Okay, Cody. So I'm going to ask you this question. I'm sorry I went uh, long-winded again. So it seems like it's going to be one of those days. But we're going to skip the second one that is on the list that you I know you see. Um, we're going to go right to the Broncos. Okay. So is the problem for the Broncos? Because there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Denver does not look great. That <laughs> The win over the Niners was so, like, what? <laughs> like, it was so weird. Um, so do you think the problem is Russell Wilson or do you think it's Nathaniel Hackett? Wow. Well, I'm going to say, I think it's a Nathaniel Hackett thing. And the reason why is because Russell Wilson doesn't control penalties on the defensive side of the ball, especially when it comes to, you know, like roughing the passer, pass interference, um, offsides, um, and also, too, I would say offensively, you know, the false starts. I, I couldn't tell you how many times in the 49er game I saw, you know, a drive get started by the Broncos and immediately stalled because, you know, one of their um, one of their young linemen jumped off sides, uh, excuse me, jumped to a false start. So I would say I think it's a Nathaniel Hackett thing. I get it. Maybe it's a complicated offensive system. You know, uh, Wilson has been in his in a system with Seattle, obviously for ten years. So he's he has a lot of old habits, essentially, and you know he's learning a new, unique system. And I would say that for the receiving core as well, they're a young bunch, and Corton Sutton was injured all of last season. Uh, you know, uh, Jerry Judy, same thing. He was injured majority of last season. Uh, Tim Patrick, who was supposed to be like you know a wide receiver two or one, depending on you know, what scheme they're running. He's out currently. So, you know, you don't even have a full gamut of your weapons and it's a brand new system. And you can tell like they need a lot of work. And I think it's a Nathaniel Hackett thing. And again, clock management and going for a 68 yard field goal rather than let's go get one more play in before we call a timeout. That's not a Wilson thing, even though some would say he had the power to do that. But you know, I think it's a Nathaniel Hackett thing too. In my opinion, I think if I had to assess the first three or four games of this season, that's what that's what I would generally assume is this is a Hackett situation. Earlier, I was with you, but I I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I I think there is somewhat i mean there's i think there's blame for both and i'm not going to be that person who's gonna be like i'm switzerland i'm both (laughs) i like this guy and this guy no um um and i don't know why i'm making fun of switzerland i mean like i wish america was like that sometimes but anyway um 
I I actually I I'm gonna go with Russell Wilson. I I think there is a problem with Russell Wilson because Cody, you and I share a, a fantasy league, and I know I'm not gonna go into fantasy football, but recently I just saw that Russell Wilson came up on the injured list. Now he's questionable. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's gonna play, but. Yeah. This was happening a lot in Seattle the last few years. And I will give credit to the Backseat Podcast. They've kind of been on this for a while. They're like, I see a decline in Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of the, under the impression that Seattle, there's not, I mean, there's not much. I mean, it's Tyler Lockett. I mean, he's okay. DK Metcalf. I mean, he's this big, fast receiver. But... You know they're eh, he's he's okay I guess I don't I don't think he's elite yet I think he could be mm-hmm. um, and he he had a great week this past week um, but like you know then they were running with Will Disley and I was just like the offensive line is bad the defense is getting worse um, you know I I don't know I I just don't think it's Russell Wilson but now that I'm seeing it on a team that has a great defense um, I don't think their offensive line is as bad as everyone's saying it is, I think they actually have some dudes up front. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think their running backs, even without Javante Williams is still pretty good. And then I think the receiving cores is, I don't think it's great, but I think it is a, a, a good receiving core. So yes, it can be Nathaniel Hackett, but I also want to think about Russell Wilson. When he was struggling in Seattle, this would happen where he would show up randomly on the injured list and then all of a sudden he'd miss a couple of weeks and he came back and he'd have like a really good game. And everyone was like, oh, okay, it was just the injury. It was just the injury. But then he kind of took a step back, but then they would win these weird games that they probably shouldn't have won. And then you look at the record and you're like, well, he's holding up the team. Maybe it is Russell Wilson. Maybe he is the one that is kind of the problem here. Now, the the whole like game management thing, I do also think exactly what you're saying. He could have stepped up. Russell Wilson has done this for years. Mm-hmm. He has done this for years. As a quarterback, you have to feel at least if you feel like something's going to work. Like if Tom Brady were on his first year in Tampa Bay, and they the coach was like, "Okay, we're gonna, just going to kick the field goal out." I'm pretty sure Tom Brady would have went over to the coach and was like, no, we're not. We're not going to yeah. do this. This is Aaron Rodgers is, would be the same way. Russell Wilson and Derek Carr, in my opinion, I think would, would be guys who would say, ah, no, I'll just go with the coach. Because I think that's what's going on with Derek Carr right now is he's kind of just like, I don't know. I don't know what the proper word would be, but just kind of like leaving it up to the coach. And he's just like, right. okay, I'll wash my hands of it. And I'll just take the blame for it, but you know, whatever. Um, but like Patrick Mahomes, I mean, you saw Eric Bieniemy. I mean, how long have they? How long have they been working together? And they're out there arguing. I want to mm-hmm. see that. I want to see that. I honestly, we saw that with Derek Carr and John Gruden. They would argue all the time, and everyone was like, "Oh, John Gruden's not going to like that." And actually, it came out where John Gruden loved that. He wanted mm-hmm. to be challenged. And I think Derek Carr needs to do that with Josh McDaniels, but going into Russell Wilson, I think he needs to do that with Nathaniel Hackett because this is the first year he's being a head coach. Russell Mm -hmm. Wilson is going to have to challenge him. As much as Hackett has been around in the league for a long time because of his dad and now him, 
Russell Wilson has been playing in the game, and Nathaniel Hackett, this is his first time being an actual head coach. It is a big, significant difference going from head coach or going from offensive coordinator to head coach. It's mm-hmm. not like it's kind of like where if you were a guy playing safety and then coming into playing quarterback, it's a yeah. big difference. Okay. Um, I know that's probably going to be an unpopular opinion, but I really do feel like Russell Wilson is going to have to challenge Nathaniel Hackett. Do I think Nathaniel Hackett has shown that he um, is a little incompetent right now? Yes. But that's why I think this is Russell Wilson's problem because he needs to step up. He needs to be the leader. And um, he's not doing that right now. And I think that's where you're going to lose the locker room because a lot of guys are like, yeah, Russell Wilson is corny. Yeah, Russell Wilson is a guy who, um, you know, he just doesn't want to ruffle any feathers. And guys don't respect that. I mean, I'm a guy, I don't really respect who someone who's just going to brown nose me the whole time. Mm-hmm. I'd write, I would like someone to be like, I wouldn't do that, dude. And be like, oh, shoot, I think you're right. You know, I want to be somewhat challenged. I don't want to... <laughs> I don't want to just be like yes men all the time. So I think Russell Wilson does need to step up. So I'm going to say it's Russell Wilson. All right. All right, Cody. We'll go uh, real quick here. Uh, Raiders and Chiefs, they're coming up, sir. What do you expect in this game? So I know I went on this uh, diatribe of it's a positive win for the Raiders, but I think – I think this is going to be a tough week uh, against the Chiefs. If I'm not mistaken, we're playing them in Kansas City, so we don't normally play them very well in Kansas City to begin with. I think the only time we won was 2019, I want to say. I think it was pre-pandemic. Or maybe it was in... I can't remember. I think it was 2020. I think because it was uh, Henry Ruggs' rookie season, I think, and he had a... He actually stretched the field for us and it was a pretty good game. And I think we beat him in a shootout anyways. But since then though, we haven't had a great outing against the chiefs. I think the chiefs are a different team. Obviously as they were last year without Tyreek Hill, I think now that they have a little bit more pieces getting involved that do a little bit of everything. I think it does change the dynamic of the offense. And plus I'm not super confident in our defense. And one of the things that made it more apparent to me is when the Chiefs were playing the Buccaneers and they put 28 on them in the first half very quickly, (laughs) like lightning fast. And if that was against the Buccaneers defense, who I think at the time was ranked number one in the league, what are they going to do to the last to the I think ours is like second to last ranked defense Um, with Patrick Mahomes? I think they're just going to carve up our secondary. Nate Hobbs is going to have his hands full. I know the Raiders just signed Blake Martinez, which is, I think, a good signing. I don't yes. think it's going to be that much, but I, I think that this is where we're probably not going to win this game with the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are coming in pretty hot, pretty confident, and I and I I don't want to squash our momentum, but I don't think that we're going to have as positive as an outcome as we're hoping for. And I just think that we're we're probably not going to take this one this week, and we're going to you know, probably begin, uh, week six, one and four. So, yeah, I, unfortunately I kind of, I think I see the same thing. Listen, they're, the chiefs are fifth in offense in the NFL right now. They're actually 11th in defense, which is, I still think is, 
high. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they did play the Colts. I know they lost to the Colts, but they weren't uh, – the Colts aren't, you know, this barn burner of a team. Um, their passing is seventh, and, and they're 11th in rushing. So my my synopsis is this. I'm okay if the Raiders cheat for the pass and kind of allow a lot of running uh, running plays because the one thing that you're not going to allow to happen is the Chiefs get going on their passing offense, which is going to allow Patrick Mahomes to get going, which a.k.a. Travis Kelsey and all that. And then they're going to mix and match what, they're go- what they want to do. You know, they're going to spread the ball with Juju Smith, uh, Travis Kelsey, and, and some of the running backs. So if you kind of cheat the pass – and you just kind of let them run. First of all, they're running the clock out. But also, they're not getting their offense going, which means you can kind of play their game a little bit. You can kind of score some some points. And, you, hey, maybe you'll get a, a couple of cheap points because, you know, maybe you're making their, maybe you're making their offense uh, stall a couple of times. So, listen, I, I think <clears throat> there are two things that the Raiders need to do. I think first – cheat the pass. I think that's going to be a good option. But I also do think that the Raiders are going to have to, um, I mean, they're going to have to have Chandler Jones be a factor. Yeah. Chandler Jones has to be a factor because we've seen when Max Crosby, the, the game that you're talking about, which was 2020, um, the game that Max Crosby really affected Patrick Mahomes, we ended up winning. If you have two guys who can affect Patrick Mahomes, now you're getting something going. The one thing that I took from the Buccaneers game, yes, their offense was good. Yes, I do think the Buccaneers defense is good. But what I took away is there was not a ton of pressure on Patrick Mahomes. And when he had time to throw, he was looking beastly. I mean, you said it. Put up 28 points almost automatically. Mm -hmm. Um, So if the Raiders can put a little more pressure on him, even if we have to blitz uh, a little bit more than we're used to, I don't think Blake Martinez, if he does play, is he going to play that much? No. Um, he's a tackling machine, which is going to really help. But so is Denzel Perryman. He's a big tackling machine. Um, but Martinez was signed to the practice squad, so we'll see if he makes it to the team. Um, but there you know, there are possibilities of, of the way that we win. Nate Hobbs is an aggressive guy. Uh, Merrick has been really good at safety. Uh, Jonathan Abram, I think, has really improved. But yeah. for the love of God, if he if I see him covering Travis Kelsey, yeah. Cody, I'm going to pull my freaking hair out. And yeah. I'm going to shut the game off because it's going to drive me nuts. Jonathan Abram has played a lot better, but he's not a great coverage guy. And when you have him cover, covering their best receiver, um, it's not going to end well for you. So get Abram away from Kelsey, and I'd rather see Denzel Perriman on him to be uh, to be yeah. Frank. Well, um, I think Perryman is in concussion protocol, so he might even miss the game. So okay, well, I'd rather see Blake Martinez then. Anyway, so I I just you know that's kind of what I'm getting at is listen. Do I think we're going to win this game? I really don't. I don't think. Do we have a chance? I think we have a chance. I actually don't think it's that far fetched to say we have a chance. And if I were a betting man, I would bet uh, the plus seven and a half on the Raiders um, to kind of um, to kind of cover there, not cover um, 
No, no, to cover. I'm sorry. That's the right word. I was right. I was just second-guessing myself. <laughs> I would have the Raiders covering um, the point spread there. But, um, you know, I do I also see how this could get way out of hand? I, I absolutely do. But um, I do think that the Raiders do have a shot. Um, I do think that Monday night, sometimes Derek Carr actually shows up even better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that we could potentially go with a shootout. And honestly... As much as they're saying that the Chiefs are 11th on defense, I don't think their defense is that good. I don't think they have a secondary guy at all in the Chiefs organization that can cover Devontae Adams. And it looks like we're supposed to get Hunter Renfro back, and we need to go to Darren Waller, uh, particularly probably in the red zone, and give him another shot of, of catching some balls in the in the end zone. So um, I do think that this could be a good game, and I don't think they have a great defense to stop the run. Honestly, as well, I think um, they're going to have a lot of hard times with Josh Jacobs because when Josh Jacobs runs against the Chiefs, from what I remember, he runs really well against the Chiefs. So, yeah, um, I, I really think that this could be a game that the Raiders could surprise some teams. Do I think they're going to win? No, but I do think that they can at least uh, put up some some scores. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, Cody. Well, um, we have week four overreaction and underreaction. But before we get into all that, I did want to say I want to shout out our partners over at uh, Fanatics. Um, Cody has been great uh, on posting about Fanatics on our social media site and hopefully getting a uh, um, a website soon. That's kind mm-hmm. of what we're trying to get right now. Uh, we had one a while, for a while it was just maintaining and we weren't getting as many views, but it looks like we're going to have some help. So that'll be great. Um, But honestly, the fanatics partnership was so exciting. Um, We've already had a few people use our, uh, our links. So we appreciate all those people who have, I still need to, Um, I've been wanting to buy stuff. Uh, My wife is like, babe, I need a shirt. I need a Raider shirt. And I'm like, I know, I'm sorry. I keep forgetting with the whole wedding thing. I totally forgot. So hopefully now with the wedding being done, now we can focus on what we want, which is Raider stuff. Yeah. So go check them out. Uh, Go click on the link that uh, we either post on social media. We'll have it basically on every episode now um, moving forward. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure it's going to be here on the YouTube um, description as well. So, Click on the Fanatics link. Go check it out. Listen, everyone has used Fanatics at least once, so you know what it's like. It's awesome. They always, always have like 50% off, 65% off. It just seems like they're always having deals. So go check them out. Use our links uh, to support our podcast. We would love that, and we definitely appreciate that. So thank you in advance. So just wanted to get that out now, Cody, Yeah, uh, in the middle of the show so no one can skip it. Exactly. I love it what you did there. <laughs> All right, Cody. So um, let's go into um, let's go in. Uh, let me ask this question first, and then we'll end with the coaches. Is that cool? Yeah, we're good. Okay. So the first question I wanted to ask is, Cody, do you believe that there is a true great team in mm-hmm. the NFL? Well, I think great is a really loaded uh, loaded phrase to use because I don't think that there is one team that's blowing the doors off of things. I don't even think the Chiefs are necessarily the team that can run away with everything as they once were before. And to be truthful, 
you know, I don't even think the Buccaneers, because they have Tom Brady, they've got a lot going on too, and and so on and so forth. I actually do think, though, that in my opinion, there is a team that is ahead of most people, or most teams, I will say. And I actually will say, I think the Philadelphia Eagles are legit. I know you were telling me earlier this week that, you know, you had a hard time with them, you know, losing somewhat of a lead to uh, who was the team that they were playing on the Sunday? Lions. The Lions. Oh, and the oh no, Jaguars. not the Lions. Jaguars. Now, granted, Jaguars are a really good team. In my opinion, I think they're a sleeper in the AFC. They really had a great game against, you know, arguably the Chargers, who some said are supposed to win the West or at least get into the playoffs. And they they had their way with them last Sunday. And so I think that the Jaguars are somewhat of a legit team. They're better coach. They have a really stout defense. I don't think that's really talked about that much, but yeah. anyways, it comes, it brings back to my point with um, the Eagles. I think the Eagles are somewhat of a legit team. They have a ferocious defense, especially that secondary. I think their secondary is number one in the league. They, they really have some lockdown cornerbacks there. They have really great pass rushers. And in my opinion, they actually have an extremely balanced offense with their running attack using Miles Sanders, using Jalen Hurts, and then Jalen Hurts getting the ball out to A.J. Brown or Smith, um, you know, Dallas Goddard, whoever it needs to be, that's where it needs to go to. And I know that it may not have been the greatest showing against the Jaguars, but it really showed that even though they, get a, they go against a team that really put up some resistance, they found a way to win. A young team found a way to win. Uh, granted it was a younger team, but you know, the, the point being in the NFL is when you win games, you build momentum, build confidence. And that's what they're continuing to do. And they're a team that literally has done everything exactly what they would say. They got AJ Brown, they solidified their defense and they just told everybody we're going to be the best team on the field every Sunday, Monday or Thursday, whenever they play. And sure enough, so far as a four and team, they have been absolutely the best team in football, in my opinion, up to this point. Now, again, injuries could happen. A lot of things are going to happen. A lot of things will unfold as the weeks go on. But in my opinion, they seem to be the most, what's the term I want to say? They seem to be the the best team to get to the Super Bowl now, winning is another story, but I think that they have the better shot at getting it. And in my opinion, they are going to be able to compete with some of these top AFC teams to 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 win the Super Bowl, in my opinion. I think that it's the Eagles as of this moment. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think there's a great team. I think the Eagles are a really good team, and I think they're the closest to being great. But at the same time, I've seen too many um, falters with their defense on teams that they shouldn't be faltering against. Like I had mentioned, the Lions. Although I do think the Lions are are a pretty pretty decent team. I think they're an okay team, um, and they have a pretty potent offense. They just the Eagles will start off in the first half really strong, and then they just die off in the second half. And if you're playing a team like the Buccaneers. You're playing a team like the 49ers. You're playing a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills. You can't do that because that's going to kill you. Yes, is it great that I that they have ended up winning all of those games? Absolutely. But you look at the Eagles like schedule right now, they're not 
you know, they're not world beaters right now. I mean, they beat the Lions, which 38 to 35, that's a really close game against a team that they should, I, for all intents and purposes, should have mopped the floor with them. The, they beat the Vikings, who were on a high, so I think that's a decent win. But, you know, as we all know, I'm not as high as on the Vikings as everyone else. Uh, they beat the Commanders. Okay, not no one's screaming about the Commanders. And then they beat the Jaguars, who they were down 14 nothing really early. And I don't think, as much as you were saying, the Jaguars do have a good defense. I don't think their defense is at the point where they can stop a a, a, a good offense. I think they're they're a pretty good uh, mediocre defense. They're going to face the Cardinals. I mean, right now I would feel good about the Eagles. Then they face the Cowboys. Uh, well, I'll I'll pick the Eagles in that one. They have a bye week. Then the Steelers. It's just a lot of mediocre on their schedule, and I think they're really benefiting from that. So it's hard for me to say that this team is legit. I think they're going to lose some weird games, which most teams do. I'm not going to like be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they lost to that team. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I do feel like the Eagles are really benefiting from a very weak schedule, a very weak division, in my opinion. Um, and I just I, I don't think they're great because they haven't gone against a great team. Um, and so I, I just... That's my hesitation on saying that they're great. Are they very good? They're absolutely good. Do they have a chance at being undefeated? I think there is a possibility. I don't think they will um, because I don't. I think there are going to be some games where Jalen Hurts has, which every quarterback does, where he'll just kind of like have these weird like off games where he can't even get to a hundred passing yards. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I, I think there'll be a few of those and, and they'll end up losing. But you know. I, I think, like, if they faced a 49er defense, that offense could stall. You know, if they face a um, a Buccaneers offense, that that defense could really hurt, you know. And then you have to face a Buccaneers defense, which is another feat in itself. So I do feel like the Eagles, if they face these good teams, you would kind of see, okay, maybe they're not great, but they are they're getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do, I'm in agreement with you in the sense of, I think this team is going places, but do I think that they're a great team? No, I don't. Um, so going into that, Cody, I did want to bring up, let's do top five power rankings in the NFL. Cause we've been doing that for MLB, which we'll do later on. Um, and uh, let's talk about the NFL because let's let's try and get into a habit of doing this because I think it's fun for me to do an MLB. I know you're excited about doing this because you feel more confident in the NFL, which mm-hmm. I'm glad you do. So um, <laughs> we'll, we'll let's talk about our top five. I don't know. Did you want me to go first? You can go first. Okay, so I'll start with number one. So even though I'm saying I don't think the Eagles are great, I do have them at number one. Mm-hmm. I think they're a very good football team. Obviously, them being 4-0, uh, being down 14 uh, nothing to the Jaguars, even though I don't think the Jaguars' defense is a world beater, I do think that it was a significant win. Obviously, they ended up winning 29-21. to um, So, good for the Eagles. I think they're a really good team. Listen, Jalen Hurts, I don't think he's been absolutely just like going off. 
but he's using AJ Brown to how you're supposed to use AJ Brown. And you know mm-hmm. what? He's really benefiting. It's exactly what we were talking about with Derek Carr earlier, where you use your best receiver, good things happen, you know? Yeah. So um I think Jalen Hurts kind of heard that and was like, Yeah, well, we're just gonna give it to AJ Brown and let him run with it. Devontae Smith, he had a really good game, I think it was last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, you know, Dallas Goddard, you have to worry about him as well. I think that's a really good team. And then Miles Sanders is even benefiting from all, all these receivers because now he's seeing more running lanes than he ever has before. So, uh, my, the Eagles are number one. Do you want me to keep going? Sorry. I didn't know if you wanted me keep to going, keep yeah. going. Okay. Yeah. So number two, I have the Buffalo Bills. As much as I almost put the Chiefs, I think right now if the Bills and Chiefs played each other, have the Bills struggled the last couple of weeks? Yes. But in my opinion, I do think that the Bills are still a better team. I think the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen, yes, I I know they can't run, but I kind of feel like Josh Allen is an absolute cheat code right now. He's got a booming arm. Uh, you put it up against Patrick Mahomes. I think Mahomes probably could throw a little bit. I know. Let's say this. I think Josh Allen could throw a little bit further, but I mm-hmm. think Mahomes could throw it further more accurately. That's the only thing I would say about Mahomes and Allen. Um, but obviously, Allen is a bigger guy. He's a guy that can take a hit or two. When mm-hmm. Mahomes gets hurt, sometimes you kind of see Chiefs fans kind of, you know, lock that sphincter up a little bit, you know. <laughs> So, uh, which I don't blame. Yeah, I mean, I would too. If if I were yeah. a Chiefs fan, I would be like, "Oh no, please!" <laughs> um, but I do think that Bills defense is legit. Um, to come back against the Ravens, against a Lamar Jackson team, who yes, they've given up two leads now. They've given up, you know. But listen, Lamar Jackson had a phenomenal game against Miami. He's coming into Buffalo. He's pissed that they lost that game. So he's coming into this game and. And they end up losing again. But Lamar Jackson is still a beast. You know, Mark Mm -hmm. Andrews, they shut down Mark Andrews, as we knew in fantasy, because that really hurt us. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, he's using guys like Rashad Bateman, and he's, like, J.K. Dobbins had a really good game. So, you know, I I feel like the Bills, that defense is legit. Because when you shut down Mark Andrews, where it seems like no one ever shuts Mark Andrews down for some strange reason – uh lamar jackson that's that's the answer but anyway um you know for some strange reason no one can stop mark andrews the bills figured it out and um even though yes it was a close game i think the ravens are a legit team still um and i think i think the bills are are that good Mm-hmm. Um, so number three, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. We talked a lot about them. They're doing well. I think their defense is um, at times suspect, and I don't think the running game is going to continue how it has. Um, but it's worked for them so far. But they, I think they miss Tyreek Hill. I know everyone wants to talk about the Chiefs. Oh, they don't need Tyreek Hill. Listen, missing the deep ball later in the year is going to start hurting a little bit. Tyreek Hill, you could throw literally a a jet sweep uh, pass, and then all of a sudden he takes it to the house. I don't really think Marquez Valdez-Scantling will do that. Uh, Juju Smith is not going to do that. He's not a house burner. Travis Kelsey definitely is not going to do that. Um, So I just think that they're going to miss that aspect of their offense. But I think they are having fun figuring out 
what they can do uh, offensively now. Um, I am actually going to put the Chargers at number four. I don't like the I don't like the Cowboys. I don't like the Packers. I don't like the Dolphins. I don't like the, especially without Tua. Um, I don't like the Vikings, and I don't think the Giants are as legit. Then I was looking at the two and two team. The Ravens have given up two leads, mm-hmm. so it's kind of hard for me to put them in the top five. I really debated about putting the Bengals in there, which there's a possibility they could end up there, but. I think the Chargers are still the way they played last week. That's a scary thing. Again, I know it's the Texans. What are we talking about? But listen, Herbert came is still has a rib injury, as far as I know, and he went lights out. And then they finally, finally used Austin Eckler, um, and he had a huge game. And mm-hmm. then you talk about you're going to get Keenan Allen back probably this week. Um, you know, Mike Williams has been. Eh, but they haven't needed him. Gerald Everett mm-hmm. has some sort of weird connection with Justin Herbert that is phenomenal and is working out well. And I still think that defense is really good. They've been really suspect, though. And I think they're without Joey Bosa right now. Um, so I do think yeah. that is slightly um, hurting them a little bit. But overall, I, and, and J.C. Jackson, I think, is out, too. So they have a lot of injuries which means when they get healthy, that team is going to go right back to the team that we saw, um, you know, basically beat the Raiders who, um, you know, they did a good job on us defensively in the fourth quarter. So, yeah. And then my number five, I'm going to go with the 49ers. I was very impressed with the Rams. Yes, they always beat the Rams. It seems like Sean McVay loses to Kyle Shanahan almost every time now. Yeah. That's weird. (laughs) But um, except in the playoffs. Yeah. Listen, Stafford was pressured a lot. The run game could not get going for the Rams. Um, Allen Robinson, I mean, I don't know what's going on with him and the Rams, but Debo Samuel, you know the ball. Like Every time I I was over at my in-law's house, we were watching the game. They threw it to Debo Samuel's. Or Samuel, now you caught me doing it. (laughs) Um, Every time they would throw it to him the like a second before we were like they're gonna throw it to Debo Samuel. Sure enough they threw it to Debo Samuel and he took it for you know six and you're like how do you know that he's gonna get it and you still can't stop him? That's how good he is. Um unfortunately George Kittle is practically playing left tackle right now. Yeah. Um so when <laughs> when Trent Williams <laughs> comes back, George Kittle will be another cheat code and, and Brandon Ayuk Say what you will, he's actually been pretty effective in, in the offense. He needs to be used a little bit more, and I think that'll help their offense. But um, listen, I think the Niners are, are legit with Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think they showed that Monday night. Yeah. All right, I'm going to briefly give you my top five just for time reasons. So number one, Philadelphia Eagles. I agree with just about everything you said. In my opinion, they have a, a very good defense. Um, their offense, I think, is there even though it maybe had some sputtering issues against um, the Jags that we talked about, they found a way to win. Um, you know, are they going to play tough for competition? Yes, but I think that's only going to make them grow uh, as a team more. So I like them. They're my number one team right now. Number two, I do have the Kansas city chiefs. I mean, they absolutely whoop the dog crap out of the Buccaneers on Sunday night football. I was saying that the Buccaneers were still like a top, two team in the NFC just because you have Tom Brady, even though that they basically didn't have any receivers, they were still winning. 
And I know that they don't look like the greatest team ever assembled, but they were still finding ways to get it done. And the Chiefs just absolutely mopped the floor with the Buccaneers. And, uh, you know, didn't it didn't turn out as well as we were thinking of. But So I got the Chiefs, too. And number three, I have the Buffalo Bills. And really, the fact that they were able to bounce back from a heartbreaking loss last week and beat a team that you were, you say will win the North in the uh, uh, Baltimore Ravens and Ravens don't know how to hold a lead. It seems like I know even against the Patriots the week before, um, you know, or excuse me, this past week, they gave up quite a few points and uh, it was, it was very suspect. So anyways, so I have uh, bills at three at four. I actually have the Minnesota Vikings. The only loss that they have is against, the number one team that I have in Philadelphia Eagles. And they were able to find a way to win against green Bay. You know, uh, they were able to win out against uh, the saints, which even though it was the saints missing a field goal, it's a win. And I think that this team is much improved. Defense is a little bit suspect at times, but their offense is there as long as they don't play on any national televised games. I think they'll be okay. <laughs> and then at number five, I actually have uh the green Bay Packers, um, you know, they've won three consecutive games from week one. And you don't believe that today. I have them at number five. Ask me. You, next don't, week. you don't believe that. I know you don't. You're such a liar. You're trying to be different. I know you. Well, I'm you not going to, I'm not going to pick a two and two team. I'd pick the giants before I picked a two and two team just because they're three and one. Well, you know how hard well, it is to be three and one in the league right now. It is, but at the same time, the power rankings are not. It's it's not for what your record is. It's mainly for who you think is actually really good. The Niners went through Trey Lance in a in a monsoon. Mm-hmm. They lost a weird game. I think you have Jimmy Garoppolo, who's been in that offense before. I think he actually wins that game. Trey Lance had some ducks in that mm-hmm. in that game. Then obviously, you know, he got hurt the next week and whatever, and, and mm-hmm. the rest was history. But I, I do think that, the, like, you know, you see that defense for the Niners. Yeah. That travels. I mean, defense well, travels. And well, the hold Chargers. On. Hold on. Okay, yes. Their defense is, is very, very good. Absolutely no doubt. I will also say, though, when we were doing NFC West predictions, you didn't believe in their defense. I just want to put that out on front street and put you on blast. But I will also say, too, that they lost in a baseball score to the Denver Broncos the week before. And I think it is okay to say that, yes, their defense played really well against the Rams, but the Rams right now are upside down, and that played a huge part in it. The fact that Cooper Cup got 14 receptions, and I think, what was it, uh, Stafford only completed 23 total completion so that means cooper cup had 78 percent of his of his of the uh, completions that's a huge number the fact that he won't even look at Allen robinson the second you would think he's the one that had an affair with stafford's wife or something you know so i think that there is something there the fact that they're not utilizing him i think the rams in my opinion it shows more that they've got a lot of dysfunction the fact that they could not put their best foot forward against a very good team that they will probably see. Well, not probably they will see again, and it may even have some playoff implications. I think that's more an indictment on them than the 49ers. In my opinion, I think green Bay has a very good defense. Yes. Their offense. It is what it is. 
However, it is what it is, and they're still winning. It'd be one thing if the 49ers were winning and their defense as as it is. But they're 2-2, two and two, and yes, because of a monsoon that they played in and a weird loss to Denver, which I cannot look past. Green Bay almost lost to, to the Patriots, and they came out. But you know what the Patriots have? They have like a top 10 defense every year. And yes, they squeaked out a win, but it was a win, and they're now 3-1. and one. So I can't look past that for a two and two record team. And that's fair. But if the score were changed, if the Niners won eleven to ten over the Broncos, they're then three yes, and one. They would be in they would be they'd be, so yes, they'd be that's, my, that's my point. It's a one point loss. Yes, was it a weird game? Of mm-hmm. course. Every team's going to have those. If Jimmy Garoppolo is three and zero, oh, everyone's gonna be talking about the 49ers as they're 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 probably the best team in the NFC over the Eagles. Sure. I would guarantee it. Sure. And now so that's power, kind of my thought of sure. yes, they're two and two, but I think I do think they're they're a legit team. Right. Here's my thing. The top top five power rankings sometimes get a mixed blending of based on your record and what you've done, and then also to your talent level on your roster. I think we can agree on that. But mm-hmm. here's the thing though. I think there are more talented teams than even our top teams, but they're just not winning. And I can't justify giving the 49ers above, let's say the Packers. I'm agreeing with you. The 49ers, I would even say the chargers have a far better top and bottom roster, more talented than green Bay. But despite that green Bay has found a way to win and only have lost their opening game against a divisional opponent in the Vikings who arguably has a very good offense. And I even have them in my top five because again, they're finding ways to win. Despite that, I can't penalize a team that's winning because of a team that's more talented that has lost. Like you wouldn't catapult the Ravens into the top five because they had two terrible losses come from behind or, you know, that were blown leads Mm -hmm. and I can't punish green Bay because I think the Ravens or the Chargers offense is more talented. I'm just purely basing it off of they found a way to win. That's the name of the game. And that's how I have to see it. Unfortunately, do I like green Bay in general? No, I'm not even that high on green Bay or Aaron Rodgers. but I can't, I can't ignore the fact that they are winning out of spite, you know, like they're finding a way to win and they shouldn't be. That's the ironic thing. They should not be winning. And yet they're, they're finding a way to win. I would have respected you more if you put the Giants in. <laughs> you know what? If I wanted some brownie points for my wife, I probably should do it because she's a yeah. Giants fan. But yeah. I don't even, again, if we were talking about talented rosters, the fact that Saquon Barkley won them the game and he was their quarterback for a majority of the fourth quarter, <laughs> I don't know, man. That team's not probably going that far anymore. All right. All right, Cody. Well, let's just get into it. You can put in a break later. Yeah, I'll fix uh, it. You in. can do all that. <laughs> You can edit it. You're you got you got the knowledge. You got this. So speaking of power rankings, um, I think you'll you'll fight me less on this. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, with baseball, it is different though. I mean, the record kind of does tell you yeah. what the team is. So with football, it's a little different. But anyway, uh, let's do the uh, MLB power rankings, and then let's finish off with the postseason preview. So, Cody, the power rankings really haven't changed much. We've had the same five teams the last. Six weeks, probably months. Yeah, yeah, yeah a month and a half, maybe. Yeah. Um, so 
I'll, I'll run through it real quick. I have the Dodgers at number one. I don't think I need to explain that. They have the best record in baseball, um, still winning games. I mean, they. I think they won today. So, um, you know, the Astros at number two. Uh, I have the Braves at mm-hmm. number three, who actually just clinched the NL East. So congratulations to the Atlanta Braves. Um, then I put the New York Yankees. Yes, I put them over the Mets. Why? Because when the Yankees were, are talking about Aaron Judge and trying to break the record and, you know, all that, that's a lot of pressure on a guy, yet they were still winning games. And mm-hmm. Toronto was making a push. Tampa, Tampa Bay was making a push. Baltimore at one time was making a push to actually overtake them in the AL East. Yet the Yankees never let go of it. The Mets, although, yes, they did win 100 games. Congratulations to the Mets. They had the Braves, and they were ahead of them, I believe, 15 games ahead of the Atlanta Braves and gave up that lead. And now the Braves ended up winning the division. You could argue, oh, well, you know, the Braves, they won the division last year. They're the division champ. The Mets had a stronghold. They had Jacob Mm -hmm. deGrom come back. Max Scherzer come back. Yes, Starling Marte got hurt, but that shouldn't be why you lose the division. Okay? So, yes, I had the Yankees over the Mets also, I do have the Yankees over the Mets because, Cody, I think you Yankees know why. Because of Aaron Judge? No. Because oh, run what differential? is the stat? Run differential. Thank I'm sorry. You. I'm sorry, Mr. Wright. Run differential. Was that the answer? <laughs> they, they, are, they are second in the league in run differential, and I cannot ignore that. Yes, 62 of those is because of Aaron Judge himself, uh, which congratulations, Aaron Judge. I mean, what a feat, not only for him, but for Fresno, where we Mm -hmm. are from. Yeah. I mean, we have the best receiver in in football, arguably, I'll say, uh, in Devontae Adams from Fresno State. You have an NBA star in, uh, in the NBA from Fresno State and Paul George, and then you have Aaron Judge, who just broke the American League record in home runs. I know Dodger fans, Padre fans. Uh, I know all these all these guys are going to hate on the Giants. Oh, you know, the, you know, legally it's the actual home run record. Spare me. Listen, there's yeah. no asterisks on it. Uh, Bonds was walked more than Judge was. And he still yeah. was hitting seventy three. Well, that's because he's juicing. I mean, I'll. I mean, I'll be that guy. Uh, that's fine. Um, he was never convicted. He was yeah. never found to actually have. He never tested positive. So, sorry. I mean, you, you can say that. Did it look suspicious? Uh, maybe, but he's always been a good hitter. He hit five hundred home runs before he supposedly was juicing. So, yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit, maybe. Anyway, we weren't, we're not going to go into that debate. But nonetheless, congratulations, Aaron Judge. Uh, that is a huge, huge number. I mean, just to get to like 55 home runs is incredible. Actually, 50 yeah. for me is like, holy cow. Yeah. Um, but uh, to get to 62, I remember watching the Maguire, the Sosa, and then obviously mm-hmm. the Bonds, um, you know, push their way to try and get all these home runs and – uh, it was it's spectacular, and 
Aaron Judge going for 61 was just as exciting. So congratulations yeah. to him. But anyway, so I have the Mets at five. They've really faltered. Edwin Diaz, since Timmy Trumpet came <laughs> and performed live, has actually been kind of a liability. And it's a little concerning going into postseason. So that's where we're going to go into, Cody. Let's talk about the postseason preview of the MLB postseason. It's set. It's done. There's another set of games tomorrow. It doesn't matter. This is what we're going to see. So in the AL, the number one seed is the... Uh, oh, good Lord. Wow. I almost started that terribly. Holy the Houston cow. Astros. Number two seed is the New York Yankees. Both get a bye week the first week. So, great. Awesome. The wild card, though, in the AL, you have the Cleveland Guardians versus Tampa Bay Rays. I'm going to be pushing for the Guardians wholeheartedly. I really like this team. Um, I actually was talking with Clark about it, uh, I believe, on their show, where we yeah. were talking about um, we were just talking about baseball, and he was kind of bringing up the Guardians, and we were just going over their roster and like what these guys are doing right now. This is a really scary team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be they're going to be fun to watch. Um, then you have. In the fourth seed, the Toronto Blue Jays, who I feel like should have been way better. And I'm a little concerned about them being in the postseason. They're going to be going against the Seattle Mariners, who I think a lot of people were probably going to pick Toronto. I'm really going to be rooting for the Seattle Mariners. I really like the Mariners team. Um, Their starting rotation is kind of bad. Um, And so that's my only worry about them is Toronto actually has a pretty good starting rotation. Not great, but they're pretty good. Um, and then the bullpens for both teams. I think Mariners have a better bullpen. Um, so if it does become a bullpen game, I do think the Mariners could come out on top. But either way, it's, that's going to be a really fun series. Then in the NL, obviously, we have the Dodgers at number one seed. They get the bye week. And then the Atlanta Braves at the number two seed with their bye week. Um, then you have the St. Louis Cardinals in the number three spot going against the Philadelphia Phillies. If you were to tell me that these two teams were going to face off in postseason, in the Mm -hmm. start of the season, I would have picked the Phillies all day on Sunday. But the way they play Mm -hmm. and the way the Cardinals play, the Cardinals play great as a team. The way that Pujols is going into the postseason, he has to actually be a factor. Like You have to worry about his at-bats. And then Yadier Molina, who is a guy who just makes contact. I mean, I... I don't think I ever see him strike out. Um, You know, that team is starting to finally catch on fire. And the Phillies, like, yeah, they held on to the postseason, but they just, they labored a lot. They just didn't look great. So I think the Phillies are a few years away from from doing what they want to do. So I think they're going to lose this one. Uh, Then the fourth seed, you have the New York Mets, and the five seed, the San Diego Padres. Again, you were to tell me, I would probably pick the Padres, actually, even without Juan Soto. Now you have mm-hmm. Juan Soto, and I'm kind of like, the Mets could win, but the way the Mets have played and the Padres are getting, they might sweep the Giants. If they win next. If they win tomorrow, uh, they would have swept the Giants, which actually, if you're the Padres, you're kind of going for because you want to go into the postseason on a high note. And if you sweep a division rival, um, that's going to give you a big spark. So 
if you're the Mets, you're really rooting for the Giants tomorrow because you don't want the Padres to get too high. Because if they do, they have starting pitching to to counter yours. Their bullpen, in my opinion, is better than what the Mets is. The lineup can be better, but I think the Mets lineup has played better. So um, that could go either way. I'd probably give the... I'm probably going to give the edge to the Mets, but mm-hmm. I would not be at all surprised that all of the Padres ended up winning the series. Um, I do think they will miss Fernando Tatis a little bit. Uh, Hasa Kim has been good for mm-hmm. the Padres, and I think he deserves like a medal for just... He was supposed to play half of the year, and then all of a sudden he played the full year. Uh, obviously, they've been rotating guys, too. It hasn't been just him, but right. he's been good. But he I, he has some just really bad games where he just can't see the ball at all. So um, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, honestly, if I were – if I'm a betting man, to come out of the American League – Oh, man. I'm probably going to say the Astros. Mm-hmm. My second one would probably be the Guardians. I think the yeah. Guardians are that good. Wow. Um, I think those two teams are probably going to face off in the ALCS. Um, and then I would probably pick the Braves and Dodgers to come out of the NL. And I actually would probably give favor to the Braves just because I do think the Dodgers are going to miss Walker Bueller, but yeah. the way they're setting up their their bullpen and their um, and their starting rotation, the Dodgers could still really be. Um, they could probably go to the World Series as well. So it's going to be interesting. I think this postseason is one of those postseasons that I don't think there's really a true favorite because I could see how all these favorites could lose. Yeah. So, what was your prediction earlier this year? Was it Dodgers and Yankees? Right, is that who you had yeah. going to the World Series yeah, at the was. start? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think the Dodgers have can get there fine. I think, I think their hitting is a, is gonna, you know, gonna gonna get them past their pitching woes, and even still, their pitching woes aren't that bad. Yes, they're missing their ace, but they've done just fine in their rotation without Bueller for basically all season. So I don't see them really falling off anytime soon. Um, my only thing with the Braves though, is again, you pointed this out a couple of weeks ago. They're, they're pitching their bullpen. Is it going to be able to hold up? Cause they've got the hitters there and maybe it's the experience. I do think though, that if the Dodgers and the Braves do meet, I do think that it favors the Braves a little bit because I don't know how Freddie Freeman's going to be going to Atlanta, playing that team and, you know, possibly being in, he might yeah. be an emotional wreck. And I think yeah. that will affect him, which is huge because, you know, the Braves brought his bat in because he is essentially a spark getter. I think there's think if I'm not mistaken, he's let off majority of the season in their lineup because he's just a guy that gets on base and makes contact and, and does his, does what he does. I just don't know if he'll be able to stay focused if he's in a series with the Braves. So I, I mean, I would kind of agree with you that the Braves would have the upper hand there against the Dodgers if they, you know, met in the, uh, in the NLCS. So yeah, I, I actually had the Dodgers and Red Sox, so I'm oh, the Red oh. Sox aren't even near it. <laughs> so, um, I was wrong on that, but I, I still, I guess I have still have the Dodgers, but my thing is this, I look at the Braves who they have to face Phillies or Cardinals. 
Mm-hmm. I, I would pick the Braves. It doesn't matter either team. Um, the Dodgers would have to either face the Mets or the Padres. I think that's way harder. Even for the Dodgers, you know, you mentioned Freeman. Betts has been, I think he, Betts needs to be talked about way more. Yes, yeah. he's hitting like a high 270. I think he's like 279. But he has 35 home runs, and he's been primarily the leadoff hitter for the Dodgers. Freddie Freeman is usually the number two, sometimes the number, or mostly the number three hitter. Um, Muncie has been almost a guy who just swings and misses and everything. But then when all of a sudden he gets hot, he's just this amazing hitter. Cody Bellinger has been hitting like seventh and eighth and has found a home there and and has actually done pretty well. Um, Joey Gallo kind of got a rejuvenation. So there's something going on with the Dodgers. I think they have a really good lineup, but at the same time, the Mets and Padres are no slouch. Those are tough teams to play. Um, I think you had the Yankees. I don't know who you ha- NL team. I had, had the Astros. I think I had the you Astros had the and the Astros. AL, and I can't remember the NL. I think I said. I thought you said the Yankees because I was like, I picked the Yankees so many times, and I I can't pick them anymore. Maybe you're right. Maybe I did say Yankees and the NL. I can't remember who I picked in the NL. I want to say, I want to say it was either the Braves. No, it wasn't the Braves. I can't remember the NL. I just remember AL. You're right. Was the Yankees? Yeah, gotcha. All right, guys. Well, that is it. We are done. Thank you guys so much for um, listening to the podcast or watching it here on the on YouTube. We do appreciate that. Um, go follow us on all of our social media sites, which is Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and also on TikTok. Um, and then also um, go check us out on all the major podcasts, which is Apple, iHeart, and Spotify. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Anything and everything does help. So please, uh, well, I recommend you be nice, but yeah. <laughs> please be nice. Uh, but if you're not, just let us know if it's a one star, if, uh, you know, what you didn't like. that, So that way we can change. If it's a five star, let us know what you like so we can continue to do it. Um, also... Go check out, as I had already said, go check out our partners over at uh, Fanatics. We're very excited to be partnered up with them. So thank you, Fanatics. They have so many. Dude, I I can't tell you how many times I've been on that website since we've become a partner. I've been on there every single day since, just checking out (laughs) random things. Um, But also go check out FNX Fitness, our other partner, uh, FNX Fitness, or FNXFit.com, excuse me. Um, where you can get 15% off your whole purchase by using our promo code, which you can see on the bottom of the screen here. Uh, it'll also be in the link of the uh, podcast and of um, basically all the videos that we that we post. So go check them out. Uh, great workout gear, great workout supplement. Um, I love the supplements. Cody loves the gear. Um, so together we form a good FNX Fit you know partner Um, it's kind of like it was meant to be yeah um (laughs) anyway go check them out um and uh we appreciate you guys listening again thank you so much i'm gonna let cody uh finish everything off here all right guys well again thank you guys so much for listening next week we will have obviously raider content and nfl content i think nba preseason just started yesterday if i'm not mistaken so we'll be having some nba stuff coming along but uh 
definitely look out. We will be having a website launching very soon. So as soon as that comes out, we will let you guys know. And we will have so much more on there. Uh, If you guys are interested in starting your own podcast, please go to the link in this episode or any of the previous ones. And you will find Amazon links specifically to the gear that we are using to make our own podcast if you guys are interested. And, you know, just for full disclosure, I highly recommend using Anchor.fm. It's a beautiful partner that we have with them as well. Um, And again, a special thank you to Fanatics. If you guys are looking for official gear, such as what Andrew said, Go there. I actually put out a little teaser yesterday about something that's launching tomorrow. Be on the lookout for that. And we will oh, have yeah. some links for you guys to get nothing but exclusive gear for your NFL leagues. And my dog is trying to get me to get off right now. So I'm going to wrap real quickly. <laughs> Anyways, guys, thank you guys so much for listening. As Drew had mentioned, go follow us, go subscribe, go do all that stuff. And we appreciate you guys for watching us and being faithful followers and listeners. We thank you guys so much for yes. you know giving us motivation to do this. And we cannot wait for more stuff that's going to come. And we cannot wait for you guys to join us on that journey. So with that being said, you guys, we're to say see you later. We'll see you next week. And be well and have a good one. Last shout out to Neil and Maya. Thank you, guys. Love you guys. Again, congratulations, congratulations Neil and Maya. All right. Bye, guys.